Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to preview the U.S. Open with Mark Arndt of Tennis Manitoba. Also look back at the recent Winnipeg Challenger. Plus, we're going to learn more about one of the Manitoba Bisons football team members heading into their season a week from now. It starts against Saskatchewan. Vaughn Lloyd, running back slash receiver, joins us on the podcast. We will move on to tennis now because the U.S. Open starts on Monday and it's the final major of the season. So as we do before every major, we bring in Mark Arndt of Tennis Manitoba. And Mark, first of all, I have to ask, how did things go at the Winnipeg Challenger last weekend? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, and thanks for having me on. Uh, but uh, it was a fun week. It was a hectic week. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you, but uh it was great. We had some marquee names and some massive upsets, and uh, said marquee names lost first round, so that uh, that didn't help uh, as far as uh, uh, you know at the admissions and all that. But uh, but no, it was some awesome tennis, and uh, uh, Canadians didn't fare as well as I thought they would, and uh, the Brits did. Uh, the British invasion was uh, was in full force, but uh, we had a great time at the at the new facility as well, and that uh, we we're proud to show that off uh, in West Saint Paul. So, uh, but yeah, all in all, it was a great week. Thanks for asking. Ryan Penniston of the UK picking up the win in the Challenger event there as we uh, turn our attention to the final major of the tennis season and the U.S. Open uh, qualifying today. Vashik Bospisil lost, so uh, he and Jeannie Bouchard trying to go through qualities did not succeed. So we are looking at a men's draw that has Carlos Alcaraz as the one seed, Novak Djokovic as the two seed. Does anyone else matter, Mark? <laughs> You know what? I was doing my uh, my homework here because I know you'd ask the, uh, the the tough questions, and my men's sheet is fairly blank. All I have is really who's going to stop Alcaraz and Djokovic final? Like I I can't. I'm trying to create a a story to make people interested here, and, and but there's really nothing. Like I I I can't see. I can't see those two not making the final and then repeating the Cincinnati final that they just played uh, last week. It was an epic final three setter that took almost four hours to play but uh, I really can't see anybody standing in their way I, I can't I think we're gonna be in a, in a brief window it might only be a couple years I don't know how long it's gonna be but I think the Djokovic Alcaraz battle we're gonna see is gonna be amazing it's already been great the Wimbledon final was fantastic that Cincinnati match was wild uh, and it was you know almost four hours long three setter and you look around and there's a lot of guys that have done, you know, some things at majors before in terms of, you know, Daniil Medvedev won this tournament two years ago. He's the three seed, but then you've got Andre Rublev as the eight. He's never gone to a final before. Alex Farev is the 12 seed. He's been to one final before. Kasper Ruud's been to a couple finals. Yeah. There's no one really knocking at the door. Tsitsipas, uh, Holger Rune is the four seed, but it's incredible. You look at the top 10. It's a pretty young top 10, all things considered. And, oh, also Djokovic, who's the probably yeah. greatest of all time. Yeah, no, it is true. And um, I think on Alcaraz's side, I mean, Sinner might be one person uh, that, that can do something. I mean, they're uh, slated to be, what, in the quarterfinals play against each other, Alcaraz and Sinner. So Sinner might might be the one to upset that apple cart right there. But Zverev, I can't see Medvedev. I, I don't know. They're, they're kind of off form. Zverev is up and down. I don't know if he has it between the years to actually take it over that uh, over that hump and win, the, win that final major that he has to win. He hasn't won one yet. And, I mean, you know, he, they were labeled as next-gen. Now they're 
they're already veterans and you know on the back half of potentially their uh, their careers. I'm not sure, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Sissy Pass, you mentioned. I mean, he's playing Raonic. That's going to be an intriguing first rounder. Uh, Raonic's last uh, probably last slam of his career. We'll see what happens if he upsets Sissy Pass, which I think. You know, there's he has the capability to do so. I mean, he played fairly well in Toronto, from what I saw at the at the National Bank Open, um, and uh, he's playing freely right now, no pressure, round niches, and uh, I think there might be an upset in the making with Sissy Pass if uh, if he's rolling that day, if it's not too too hot and muggy in New York, but. Uh, um, he's our hope. Our, I guess our only other Canadian hope is Felix, which I know he's carrying an injury right now, so he's on Djokovic's quarter. So I, I don't, from a Canadian standpoint, it's amazing how it's turned since the last major from so many Canadians to so few Canadians in this draw. Yeah, Denis Shapovalov has hurt. This could be, I guess, Milos's last match. Period. Right? Could be. Could be. You know yeah. what? It, it honestly could be. Yeah. It's. Uh, we'll see what happens. He was kind of evasive when he was asked the question. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he was. He was. Uh, He's riding a high, so I think that, you know what, if he does well, if his body holds out, maybe he may stick around. You know, he's kind of left it open-ended. So mm-hmm. let's see if he, if he does some damage here, and maybe it'll keep the appetite wetted and uh, might keep him going. So we'll see what happens with Raonich. Yeah, Felix is the 15th seed in this, taking on Mackenzie McDonald, who's the guy that knocked Milos wow. out of Toronto at the yeah. Canadian Open. So, yeah, Felix yeah. Felix has not looked good this year. And <laughs> no. part of it, he hasn't been, the you know, 100%, but... Yeah, it's it's a little bit discouraging in men's Canadian tennis right now. It is, you know. Even our challenger, we we spoke about earlier, like the Canadians lost. The Diallo was the next up and coming Canadian, uh, Gabriel Diallo, and he uh, he lost a match here in Winnipeg that I thought perhaps he should have won. And um, again, all these guys that played in our challenger are playing in all all the qualies at the uh, at the U.S. Open. Gallardo, who lost our final last year didn't do so well in the U.S. qualifying. So he's out. Diallo is out. So, yeah, it's uh, slim pickings right now. It's uh, Hopefully it's, it's, it's a cycle and we're at the bottom of the cycle and they'll pick it up. And you know how sport goes. I mean, it's confidence and you're confident for, for a little while, especially tennis is such a confident sport. And uh, right now it seems like it's at a little bit of a low. And, uh, yeah, I'm not expecting too, too much from, uh, from, from Felix this tournament. On the women's side, two Canadians are, uh, three Canadians, pardon me, are in it. And two of them could play in round two with yeah. Bianca Andrescu and Layla Fernandez right next to each other in the draw. Bianca uh, facing Lizia Serenko, who, if I'm not mistaken, destroyed her at the French <laughs> Open. 6 1, 6 1, I believe. Yeah. And Ekaterina Alexandrova is the 22 seed facing Fernandez. Uh, Fernandez mm-hmm. had, had a little bit of a push in Montreal, but I, I, are, we, are we expecting anything from, from those two right now? No, Andreescu maybe because she has won the U.S. Open. So I, for her, I don't think it matters what the seeding is. Or Fernandez made the final. Her. Yeah, that's true. She did. But I think that was a one-off. I honestly, I think you and I spoke about it uh, before Wimbledon. I think for Fernandez, I don't know. I can't. I just can't see it. I, I don't think she has a weapon in her game where uh, she can take it take, take a major. I, I just don't see it. Um, Andrescu, she obviously she did win the U.S. Open, and because of that, she has the confidence. Maybe something happens when she she'll step on the court. And, and again, I, whether she has the number one seed or 101 seed in front of her uh, on that day, it doesn't matter to Andrescu. She is uh, if she gets that confidence, if she gets rolling, if she digs her teeth into the, uh, if she gets a few matches under her belt in in that tournament, she can go all the way and win the whole thing too. So I'm uh, if she's healthy, if she uh, stays, if she avoids injury. 
I, she might be a dark horse to win the whole thing. So I, I'm, um, I'm still not writing her off. But Fernandez, I can't. Uh, unfortunately, I can't see it. Well, we saw Andrescu go have a good run at Wimbledon, yeah. and I believe round four she loses to Jabir in a very close match. Jabir ends up going to the final, and Correct. I think Andrescu, you know, we've, we've usually thought her best surface was hard court. So that's an interesting yeah. matchup. Could get the ninth seed, Marketa Vondrosova, who won Wimbledon in round three, Caroline Garcia the seventh seed in round four. Uh, yeah. And then Rebecca Marino is also here uh, taking on uh, a Romanian in round one could get Jessica Pagula in round two. I, she's it's great that she's in main draws and doesn't have to qualify anymore. I think that's, that's what we're looking at with her, right? Sure. That's an accomplishment. Trust me. It's uh, it's so hard to get into main draws without having to qualify. So she's done so well uh, in a short period of time. Marino has. So uh, again, you know, it is one of those things uh, depends on the day. She may be able to get through uh, the first round, but I, I don't see her making a deep run. Whereas, you know, for, I mean, you, you mentioned Pagula. I mean, that's one that I thought yeah, this might be her time. The Americans between her and Coco Goff, uh, those are, are two of the Americans that I'm looking to really go deep into the, into the draw. Pagula, I always, I think it's in her to, to, to win a, a title, uh, especially the U.S. Open, uh, her her own title. But uh, she has a tough draw against Camila Giorgi from, from uh, Italy in the first round. Like, that is tough, tough, tough. And after that, uh, Pagula has, I believe, Svitolina and then Keith, Samsonova. So if she does do it, it's going to be very tough. But um, out of Americans, yeah, I, those are the two, Goff and, and Pagula, that I, you know, might be ones that are lifting the trophy at the end of the uh, at the end of the tournament. Before we get to the top seeds, I just want to remark on Svitolina because this is a player who gave birth in October, hadn't played any tennis until really the week before the French Open. She's a seeded player at the U.S. Open, the 26th seed. She's been so good in this comeback. Uh, It's been remarkable. And and Caroline Wozniacki is also playing in this tournament, coming back after having two kids. She hadn't played since January of 2020 until the Canadian Open. So there's beyond the who's going to win the thing, there's some other... You know, fun storylines like these comebacks. For sure. You know what? I like the Caroline Wojniacki one. Like, that's, uh, I think she was commentating. Um, yeah, for ESPN for a couple of years. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that she sees, you and I always talk about it. Like, it's such a wide open, uh, each tournament is so wide open. She's probably sitting there in the commentator's box and thinking, you know what? If I get myself fit, if I get myself match ready, I have a chance of winning. I mean, one of 40 females can win any given tournament and she says you know i'm going to throw my hat into it and i I think she saw the opportunity there and the desire is obviously there to come back and do it so that's going to be such an intriguing storyline i'll be watching that closely for sure and wasniaki turned 33 last month so she's Mm -hmm. she's one of the older players but still has a lot of skill she's won a major iga shviantek the number one seed she won last year you got arena sabalenka the two seed she won the other hardcore major in australia Every time we talk, it's, you know, it's always wide open, but I still feel like if Shiantek is there and playing her best, she's going to be the one that wins it. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that as well. Um, Sabalenka too, if Sabalenka really doesn't get, uh, get too emotional. I find when she's, when she's steady, uh, that's when she plays really, really bad. And, and if she doesn't, uh, doesn't get too carried away with her emotions. I think she is, uh, she is, I always think she's the one that, that would win each tournament. Even if, uh, Shuntik is there in front of her, I, I, 
I believe uh, Sabalenka has the power and the wherewithal to uh, to win more majors. I'm surprised she doesn't have more under her belt right now. So, um, but those, yeah, one, two. I mean, if everything plays out, if everybody's playing evenly the way they should be, I think that that should be the final between Shrontek and Sabalenka for sure. But we never get one versus two. <laughs> never, no, not on the not on the women's side, no, no. And that's that's what I like about too, the women's side. And that's a, you know, everybody has. Um, Right at the at the start line, everybody has a chance uh, to be there at that finish line. So an equal chance, it seems like, and uh, and it's it's been demonstrated over so many tournaments over the past few years. So uh, it is fun. It is fun to watch each day uh, the upsets that happen. And uh, I mean, they're so co- close. All the the players from from number one to two hundred and one. I mean, anybody can win on any given day. So uh, it is intriguing. So if we're gonna make a pick, then. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to pick a woman's player because we're always wrong. We're never close. The players we pick are, are out early. But on the men's side, Alcaraz Djokovic probably are we? Is it still favoring Djokovic? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. It's so even, I, I right? So. Yes, it is so even. I think honestly, just watching that Cincinnati final on Sunday, I just see. Djokovic, maybe, you know, the age might be catching up to him a little bit. And I just see Alcaraz, he's so fit. He's so strong. And if uh, if it came down to, re- if it's a hot, hot New York day on the, uh, five sets, then I think that, that Alcaraz will take it. Uh, I'm going to go with Alcaraz. I'll, I'll go with Alcaraz over Djokovic in the final. Uh, somehow Djokovic just, just makes every final every year. So um, it'll be, um, I think, Alcaraz over Djokovic in the final. What do you, what do you think? I can't, go, I, I can't disagree with that. And I, that's the final. I will cancel everything else that I have going on to watch yeah. because it's going to be incredible. Yeah. And always yeah. those two, it's been four finals, four matches they've played in their career. They've all been pretty interesting. And the last two have been amazing. So, Mark, yeah. appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this and enjoy the tennis. Okay, you too. Take care. Thanks for having me. In the meantime, we're shifting our focus to football, specifically university football in Canada. As last night, while the Bombers were beating up on the Alouettes, the Manitoba Bisons football team was beating up on the Regina Rams on the road. A 26-7 preseason victory had them 1-0 in the preseason as they get set to face the Huskies a week from tonight in their first regular season game. And to help preview all that, we're talking of Vaughn Lloyd now. Running back slash receiver for the Manitoba Bisons. Vaughn, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, how did it feel to uh, to get on the field last night in Regina and pick up the win? Uh, it was a really good feeling, man. Uh, uh, just an accumulation of a long off season, like you know, football. We only really get three months, so it felt really good to get back out there and back in the game setting. So you specifically had a couple catches for 59 yards. You had four rushes for 25. Is that how you kind of view yourself as a guy who can run it, who can catch it, you can kind of do it all? Yeah, 100%. That's uh, exactly how I view myself. Uh, I want to be a person who could beat you in the run game, beat you in the pass game, do all kinds of things, just make our offense as diverse as possible. And you played with the quarterback Jackson Tachinski in high school as well, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Me and Jackson go way back. And Jackson, uh, eight for thirteen for one hundred and seventeen yards last night. How would you describe him as a as a quarterback? Uh, he's a general man. He he's out there. He's having fun. He's he's taking control of the game. He's passing the way he wants to pass the ball. He's running when he wants to run. He's he's a general. He's, he's taking control of the game. Yeah, ran ten times as well. So, 
How do you feel about the season coming up for you? Uh, for me, I feel I feel really good for our team. I feel really good. Uh, we have a really good group of guys. We have a really strong uh, connection. We've had a really good training camp, so it's it's a really exciting season. Now, I've been told that the the running back group you're part of is using the theme undeniable this year. Why? Yes, undeniable. Uh, it's, a, it's a great word for to describe our group. I feel like we got three really good guys. Four, honestly, five really good guys who could do like. We can all do great things, and we all deserve to be out there, and we all deserve to just show the can West what we can really do. So undeniable is just let's go do everything we can do. So they have they have to accept us and show we can show them what we really are. So overall, then coming into this year, you've trained with these guys for for months. You've been playing with them for a couple of years now. What's the brotherhood like in that locker room right now? tight-knit group right now we're really close everyone like uh, honestly since i've been here i haven't felt it where it's like we got seventh year guys taking it with rookies like we're all just super excited we put in a lot of work and we're really excited to make the season go and so a week from tonight you're taking on the huskies at home what happens between now and then to get ready uh well we got our first practice on uh sunday we got film some of us are going to watch film tomorrow we watch film sunday practice sunday and we go we go throughout the week really preparing this is i think for myself and for our team specifically like this is the most important game of the year you know it's been a couple of years since we beat the huskies it's in the hardy and regular season whatever it may be but we get them week one so we get to set the tone this year that's really what we've been saying set the tone i'm curious as well going into this game how much schoolwork has started yet or is that yet to come Oh, school doesn't start till the 6th or the 7th, so we are good. We are focused on fully on Saskatchewan right now. So it's just football for this week. 100%. And then you have football, football that. Then you got to start worrying about the other stuff. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> what are you focusing on in school? Uh, me, I study a kinesiology. I'm a kinesiology student. I got one, one more year left. Okay. And why did you choose to do that? Uh. Honestly, I've just been really involved in physical activity my whole life. Physical activity is something I love to do. So Ken kind of just, like, let me study that, let me grow that. And I feel like being an athlete, it really helps being uh, knowledgeable when it comes to the human body and how we move and how physical education works. So that's why I chose that. Growing up in Winnipeg, you went to Vincent Massey Collegiate. Was the goal always to play for the Bisons? Um, the goal was to always play football at the highest level I possibly could. And, yeah, the Bisons, like... It's someone I've always thought of, always admired. So, yeah, it was the goal. And how has the uh, reality lived up to that so far through a few years? Uh, it's been really good. It's, I've, I've loved that. There's no place I'd rather be. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Like, I've committed, fully committed my life to football. So, that's just where I want to be in life. And it's what I love doing. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Vaughn. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. And uh, have fun next week and through the season. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all the day. You may not share our intellect. 